Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, Just want to finish by welcoming Kevin. Kevin Crooks from Mathis. Welcome Kevin here today. For Kevin before he starts. Father, we thank you for the work that Kevin does and the work that Math does, God. We, th- we know that he travels around an awful lot, God, bringing your word and your vision to people. So we just pray you bless him today uh, as he blesses us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Good morning. Great to be here um, again with you. And um, before, I, uh, before we go on to everything that I want to share with you today... Um, well, amazing worship. Yeah? yeah. Oh, you, can, you, you can say that. It's all right. Um, I, t- I tell you, it's uh, fantastic. It was great last time I came, but actually it just goes, wow, better and better. So thank you to the worship team. And, uh, uh, and you know, it's, um, it's okay to, um, uh, to really um, tell them sometimes, I'm sure you do, but tell, tell them how great they are. Um, it's in coaches. Last week I was in a church in Bournemouth, and uh, they would have, hey, if, if I let them know, they'll be transferring this team down there, I'll tell you, because um, they're a church of 80, and they, there's no one there who can play anything, so uh, literally, so they're using CDs and uh, singing away, so praise God for that, they're being blessed in that, but, uh, you know, that's uh, amazing, so thank you to the worship team, and they're practicing, when I got here half nine, I heard team practicing away, you know. Um, and also, thank you to everybody else here who was beavering away at that time. So, um, uh, yeah, that's my bit done. Um, <laughs> it's great to be here. Mission Aviation Fellowship, thank you so much for the support that you as a fellowship, as a church, give to the work of Mission Aviation Fellowship. And um, I thought it would be nice just uh, before uh, I brought today what I think God has laid on my heart to bring you, um, it would be good just to show a short film um, about uh, MAF and what a, the difference MAF is making around the world. This is a, a medivac. Uh, it's um, from um, Papua, which is actually the other side of Papua New Guinea, which is a country that uh, we've, uh, we're interested in, particularly here with the work that's happening there. But this is just the other side of the border. This is Papua. And this will give you, uh, show you a little bit of the importance of what these aircraft that MAF are flying around the world are doing on a daily basis. So perhaps we could just see this film. Thank you. Because if that 
wood stayed in there any longer and could cause infection, even another day or two could have made things much worse. Lord, we just pray that the infection hasn't set in and that the doctor can quickly take care of the issues and he and the family can come back here quickly. We put these things in your hands. So in case you're wondering, MAF flies small aircraft in developing countries. In uh, 27 countries, MAF are flying, taking help, hope and healing to the most vulnerable people and isolated people around the world. And it's taking God's love in a practical way around the world. And that, that sort of situation is replicated um, pretty much every day in one of those 27 programmes that MAF are flying to. If you would like to know uh, more, and we'll, we'll hear some more in a moment or two as I bring God's word to us, but uh, if you'd like to know some more, we have a, um, uh, we'd love to send you some little mailings, five mailings in one year, this, uh, each on a different country that MAF is actually flying in, just to give you some information on what MAF is doing, the aircraft, the people that were flying, the difference to these aircraft uh, making around the world. There's uh, five mailings uh, in one year that will really enable you to find out more and pray more effectively for this work and for the partners that MAF are there to serve. So if you'd like to get those mailings out on the display by the, by the table, on the table by the exit there, there's some little uh, slips here. Just fill one of those out um, and uh, leave it with us. And then within a couple of weeks, the first mailing will come through. And then uh, the other mailings will come through every, every two months. And it's a great way of just finding out a little bit more uh, about the work that MAF is actually doing. I want to read, if I may, from Scripture. Uh, I'd like to uh, read from Mark uh, chapter 6, starting at verse 30. Um, Jesus feeds the 5,000. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place 
and get some rest place. But many who saw them leave and recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very, very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. May the Lord add his blessing to that scripture. And I'd like this morning, if we can, just to delve into that, uh, that story a little bit and pick a few things out. There is so much in there, we could spend all day here, but um, we won't, I promise, um, well, three-ish or whatever, that's okay. Um, and in a way, it fits in uh, what I want to say, what I believe God has given me to say fits in really with um, what Simon shared uh, last week. Simon shared with you last week a word entitled, um, in a sense, do what he tells you. A great word last week. Um, I'm sure you'll remember it. How many of you saw Strictly last night? Yeah, you see? (laughs) The worrying thing is, there was only a few hands went up then as well, Simon. Um, um, And if you're still wondering, you've got to go back to the website and listen to last week's sermon uh, on that. But um, it was a great word in terms of do what he tells you. This story of the feeding of the 5,000 is, is, I love this story. Um, just to put it in a context, Jesus had uh, just heard that his cousin John the Baptist had been beheaded. Um, the disciples had come back uh, from, from teaching and he says to them, they were hungry, they said they were hungry, they were hungry. He wanted to get away uh, somewhere quiet to rest, so he said, let's go over to the other side of the lake and just find a quiet place and uh, so they all jump in this boat and unbeknown to them until they get there everybody else has seen where they're going and dash around the other side Um, so when they arrive at this supposedly quiet place it's not quiet there's 5,000 men plus plus women and children as well there waiting to hear from Jesus and it says there that Jesus had compassion on them I don't know about you, that's a real challenge for me because if I was really tired, if I was, let's go to a quiet place, I just need some rest, and you get over there and find all those people there, perhaps I'd be inclined to say, oh, great. 
Is there anywhere else we can go? Can we nip around the back? Maybe they won't see us land. But Jesus doesn't. Jesus at that moment has compassion on them. Just the same as MAF are having compassion on the people in Papua New Guinea and in people in 27 countries around the world to show the compassion that Jesus showed us. So he has compassion on them and uh, he starts to teach them. And you can imagine the scene of these, all these people on the, on the side of the hill and the banks and everything listening to Jesus. And then the disciples come and it's got late. It says it got late in the day and the disciples come to Jesus and say, you know, actually, Jesus, it's got quite late. Um, why, don't we, uh, why don't you send them away now? Stop teaching, send them away so they can actually go and get some food in the surrounding towns and villages. You know, I wonder there a little bit, just as a side issue, whether it was what the motive for the disciples was then, because we knew they were hungry, because right at the beginning, that was the whole point, going to the other side, was because they hadn't eaten anything. So they were already hungry, and there's Jesus teaching all these people, and there's an element of me that wonders if these disciples hadn't quite got that same compassion. Or they had it at the time, but now they're actually thinking to themselves, okay, but we, we're hungry now. Uh, so we, they say to Jesus, you send, send them away. Send them away to get some food. You can teach them later or tomorrow, but send them away now. And then Jesus does, which, which is what I think, is so striking in this story. He passes the buck. Jesus ever passed the buck to you? He passes, you're not sure what to say to that now, are you? I can tell. Uh, He passes the buck. He says to them, you get them something to eat. Don't, Don't expect me to do it. You get them something to eat. And these disciples... Sort of, I can imagine looking up at Jesus now and thinking, what? He says, you came to me. What? Have you seen how many there are here? There's 5,000 men, plus women, plus children. Uh, you want us to get them something to me? And they immediately go to the money thing, the finances, and they say, that's going to take us, that cost us eight months of a man's wages to buy them food. You see, sometimes when God asks us to step out, when God asks us to do something, you know, sometimes through our human eyes, it seems crazy. Absolutely crazy. It must have seemed crazy to these disciples when they stood there and looked at this multitude of people when Jesus says, you go and get them something to eat. Next um, uh, 75th year. 75 years. Excuse me. Almost 75 years ago, Stuart King, uh, one of our founders here in the UK, left the RAF during the second, at the end of the Second World War. And he had a choice to make. That choice he had to make was actually to sign up for a commission 
with the RAF. Good opportunity. Great opportunity. Well worth doing. Sensible thing to do. Or the other choice was that he could join this little organization that he'd read about called Missionary Aviation Fellowship. That was started by, at that point, was the vision, if you like, of, uh, of Murray Kendon, who was a New Zealand pilot, also had served in the RAF during the Second World War. And, uh, and, and Murray had written about this, this organization that was going to fly aircraft um, overseas in Africa at that time to show God's love by working and reaching the missionaries that were serving there. Sounds a good idea. And Stuart had a choice. Commission with the RAF, this fledgling organisation that incidentally had one man, Murray Kendon, but actually as an aviation mission had an issue and that was it didn't have an aircraft. (laughs) And you can imagine at that time the number of people that said to Stuart, it's got to be the commission, got to be the RAF. Because to join this other organisation was crazy. Absolutely crazy. He'd just come out of the Second World War. What are we going to do? What a great opportunity. Commission RAF set you up for life. That's the sensible thing to do. Through human eyes, that's the sensible thing to do. Not this other organisation that, you know, with respect, excuse the pun, hasn't even got off the ground yet. (laughs) But Stuart knew that God was calling him to go to MAF. And no matter how many people said, this is crazy, this doesn't make sense, he knew that that's what God was calling him to do. And sometimes when God calls us to step out, sometimes to others around us and even to ourselves... It may seem a bit crazy. And to the disciples, this seemed crazy. Are you sure, Jesus? Are you sure you want us to go and get something to eat for these people? Many years ago, in our hangar in um, Nairobi, in Kenya, there was uh, a situation where all the aircraft were out um, flying. In many cases, some of, some of them were um, some distance away. There were no aircraft as such in the, in the hangar except one that was going through its, its service. And we got a, a call came in to the hangar. This was some years ago now. A call came into the hangar to go and evacuate and uh, bring back to Nairobi a 14-year-old boy who was, uh, had been severely injured and actually needed medical attention effectively within the next couple of hours, otherwise he would die. It was a call, it was a life-saving call, and yet there was no aircraft. The only aircraft was in the hangar in bits. The engine was ready to be put back together, but... The guys there said that actually it's going to take us at least to put this back together, get it serviced, get it up and running. It's going to be a day's work, eight hours plus work. And yet the program manager at the time sends God saying, do it. Sends God saying, pray 
and do it. It was crazy. What, what, why? It's, we know how long it takes to put an aircraft back together. This is going to take at least eight hours. This is crazy. But God said, pray and do it. And they gathered around the bits, effectively they were on the floor waiting to be put back in and held hands and prayed. Said, Lord, just help us. Help us to put this back. A crazy situation. And when God calls you to step out, sometimes in the eyes of everyone else, it's crazy. So what, is, what do the disciples do? They go. They go amongst the people. They step out in obedience because that's what God is asking. That's all Jesus is asking. Step out in obedience. They stepped out and they went amongst the 5,000 men plus women and children. And they came back after doing that with five loaves and two fish. Great. You imagine that? You imagine them bringing it back to Jesus and Jesus saying, so how'd you get on? They said, look, that worked, didn't it? Five loaves, two fish. Brilliant. Excuse my scepticism, Jesus, but this isn't going to feed this law. You know, I, when I think about that, I think, isn't that, isn't that interesting that Jesus just asked them to step out in obedience They stepped out in obedience in a crazy situation, and then when they came back, having stepped out in obedience, all they got was this picnic. Whereas you might have expected them to actually go out and come back and say, whoa, we found all this food. You see, even when we step out in obedience to where God wants us to be, in this crazy situation... Even when we do that and we say, okay, I'm ignoring all these people that are saying this is bonkers. I'm going to do what you're asking us to do. Even when I do that, sometimes I still don't see the blessing. I still don't see the blessing. Stuart decided against the commission and joined MAF. He joined, initially, he joined, uh, he joined Murray Kendon, and when he joined him, Jack Hemmings was there. So now, this crazy situation, we're on a roll, because we've now got three people in this organisation. Still no aircraft. It took a while for the aircraft. Stuart and Jack went off on a nine-month survey around Africa. You see, so they'd stepped out in obedience in this crazy situation, And God had provided an aircraft, so this is it now, we're on our way. But actually, that aircraft, in their final destination of that nine-month survey, crashed in the Burundi mountains. You see, the blessing hadn't come yet. How could that happen? We stepped out in obedience. Everyone told us it was stupid. I've done what you asked me to do. We've got this aircraft. We're doing this survey. Everything should be fine. But now, it's crashed. It's crashed. In the same way as these disciples came back having been out in obedience, and it couldn't have been easy walking amongst all those people, in the same way they came back and all they had was this little bit of food. 
the blessing was still to come. But then the blessing comes. Because then Jesus prays over this food and there's enough to feed everyone with extras left over. The blessing will come. Can I encourage you today, if you are stepping out, if you are sensing God calling you to do something, calling you to, um, calling you to do what he tells you, as Simon said last week, if you are in that place, know that the blessing will come. He asks you to step out. He asks you to do what he tells you to do, no matter how crazy it may seem to you or anyone else. And even if you're in that place where you've done that and you're not seeing the blessing yet, in fact, you may be seeing some challenges your way, don't give up. Don't give up. Because the blessing is yet to come. The blessing for Stuart, Jack and Murray came when they came back and got another aircraft and started the program then first in South, uh, what is now South Sudan, what was Sudan then, in the early 50s. And now they see an organisation that's serving in 27 countries with 130 plus aircraft. Every four minutes, one of these aircraft is landing or taking off somewhere in the world, taking their help, hope and healing. The blessing came despite the challenges. In that hangar in Kenya where these guys stepped out, in a sense, to what seemed an impossible situation to everyone else. They held hands, they prayed, and said, God, help us. In the words of one of the engineers that were there at the time, he said, a fog, a fog came over that hangar. It was the Holy Spirit, but a fog came over that hangar. And he said, having never experienced it before or since, people, they, he said they were just picking bits up, putting it back in, Pit, putting, picking it up, putting it back in. He said, we didn't think about what we were doing. We didn't need to. We were led by this, this fog, this Holy Spirit that was there, that was guiding us, that was just picking things up. People were picking things up, putting them back in. In one hour, the aircraft was ready to take off. In one hour, they flew to pick up that boy. They flew him back to Nairobi. They flew him back to his village a few weeks later. Well, healed. Praise God. An impossible situation, but they stepped out and said, God, if you want us to do this, we will pray and we will do it, but you've got to help us. The blessing came to them. And the blessing will come to you if you are doing what he tells you. Stepping out, even in those impossible situations. But let me go back briefly, if I may, into the story. Because to this point where these guys, these disciples, went out to look for this food. Um, They went into the crowd to look for the food. And we know from, I think it's John's, uh, the, the book of John, I think it is, that says they got it from a little boy. I love this little boy. I don't know who he is, but I love this little boy. 
You see, there's a little boy here. I can imagine, imagine this scenario. Allow me, if, if I may, just to um, imagine this scenario. Of this little boy that's somewhere, and he sees a crowd of people rushing past him, going somewhere, and he stops one of them, and he says, oh, yeah, where, where are you going? And they say, well, we're going up, we're going up there, Jesus. You know that man, Jesus? He's, he's going over the other side of the, of the water. We're going to go meet him. And this little boy thinks, I'm going to go there. But he's a good little boy. So he goes and tells his mum, Mum, I'm just going over there with everyone else to see this, this man Jesus over there. And mum being mum says, well, you're not going without some food. So she makes up this little picnic box. There's a little lunch box. Five loaves, two fish. I can imagine the boy there and he's, oh, come on, mum. Come on, hurry up. Wait. Come on, mum. And she says, there you are. And he dashes off and he listens to Jesus. Sometime later in the afternoon, after listening to Jesus, sitting on the hillside amongst everyone else, he, must be, he starts to get a little bit peckish. And he must be just thinking to himself, perhaps, I think I'm going to delve into this lunchbox. And just about that time, perhaps just about that time, because everyone else is getting hungry, this big burly fisherman stands in front of him, says to him, got any food? He's big, he's burly, got any food? And this old boy says, yes. What you got? I've got five loaves, two fish. <coughs> and his man says, will you give it up for Jesus? Yes. I don't know how willing he was really to give it up for Jesus, but he, he saw everyone looking at him and he gave it up for Jesus. He must have been thinking to himself at that time, my mum is going to kill me. Because he wouldn't, he, he's just giving his food away. See, he couldn't possibly think what Jesus is going to do with it as no one else could. As far as he's concerned, he's giving his food away. Of course, at the end of the day, he ate very well. And you know, I wonder today, what is God, what is Jesus asking you to give up? You see, we have people in, in MAF who give up so much to go and serve God. In uh, Papua New Guinea, we've just had a couple, Michael and Nicky Duncalf, who have just come back, just retired from service in MAF. Michael was a, um, a vet, trained as a, a vet, had a, was working as a vet, uh, years ago, and then since God calling him, him and Nikki, to go and serve them in Papua New Guinea. They served there for 24 years in Papua New Guinea. 24 years. They gave everything up in this country. Everything. They took their young family with them at the time. They gave up their church. They gave up their other family, their friends, they gave up the life they had here to go and serve God in the mission field. And you know, God doesn't ask us to, God doesn't ask us to give up everything to go and serve in the mission field. He calls us sometimes to give things up to serve here as a mission field. But I wonder today, 
I wonder today if Jesus is asking you to give something up. To give something up to be able. And I wonder today, if we're willing, to give up our lunchbox for Jesus. Whatever that is. And hey, it may be, it may be that there's people here that God is calling today to go into the mission field. The ultimate, in a sense, to give everything up here to go into the mission field. It may be that his, your lunchbox is something different. Your lunchbox may be to give up some time to serve here in the church. It may be to give up some time to go in and minister to that family that's in desperate need that lives next door to you. It may be to give some, up your finances to support some work or some person in need. It may be to give something up that actually is not good for us. An addiction that we have. But today, Jesus is asking us to give up our lunchbox. Will you give it up for him today? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a few minutes just give ourselves time to allow the Holy Spirit just to just to minister to us here you see today because there may be people here today there may be people here today that who is being asked to step out to step out to serve God that situation may seem to you crazy Whatever it is, it may seem to you crazy. It may be a, a, a job move. It may be something completely different. Whatever it is, it may be something small. But to you, it seems crazy. And to those around you, telling you it's crazy. But you know, you know that this is what God's asking you to do. And as you look out over 5,000 plus people, this situation seems impossible. But what Jesus says to you today, I just want your obedience. I just want you to step out today. So maybe that's you today. Or maybe you've done that. Maybe you've stepped into somewhere. Maybe you've stepped into something. You've stepped out in obedience and you, you haven't seen the blessing yet. I'm far from seeing the blessing Actually, you've seen the challenges. All you've got is five loaves and two fish. And maybe that's you today. And today Jesus says to you today, the blessing is going to come. It's not a mistake. The blessing is going to come. Or maybe, maybe you're being asked today to give up your lunchbox. Whatever's in that lunchbox today, maybe you're being asked to give it up. The question is, are you willing? Are you prepared today to give up your lunchbox for Jesus? And that could be anything today. That could be stuff that you're into that you know, actually, I need to give this up. This is not right. But it's so hard. Jesus is here to help. Allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to you today. 
Or maybe it is giving everything up because you know he's asked, calling you to serve him somewhere. Or maybe the ultimate today, maybe you don't even know Jesus today. You're not in a relationship with Jesus. You're here and you're wondering, what's hey, what's all this about? You know, he asks us to give things up, but actually whatever he asks us to give up is nothing compared to the blessings that he gives us. The little boy gave up his little lunchbox. All it was was five loaves and two fish. But the blessing, what he got back, was enormous. It was far more than he gave up for Jesus. And maybe today, maybe you've been coming to this church for a while, maybe this is your first time, but you come because you, you just need something. You need someone in your life. You know something is not right. Why not give up and ask Jesus today just to come into your life? It's not complicated, trust me. Just ask him to come into your life. Just as every eye is closed and heads are bowed, can I just ask you now, if, if you sense Jesus is asking you to give something up, whatever it is, and you think today you need to make that decision to give up your lunchbox for Jesus. Whatever it is, whether it's a small thing, an addiction, you know you've got to give up, you've got to stop, or whether it's a, a big thing you're considering, if that's you, could I just ask, was no one's looking, eyes are closed, just to raise your hand and put it straight back down. Thank you. 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 And you know, just if, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus, but you know there's something missing, you know you need something to help you through this, this life that we do, which is challenging at times. You know, you don't have to stand or anything, but just if that's you and you just say, I want to do this today, I want to know Jesus. I don't understand it. Don't understand everything that's about the Bible and everything else, but my first step is to say, I want to know Jesus. If that's you, quickly just raise your hand and quickly put it straight back down again. Just raise that hand, put it down. We're going to pray. Can I just ask you all to stand? If we could just stand and then just going to pray together. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you this day. Thank you because of those people who, those pioneers from early, all those years ago, Stuart and Jack and Murray, who stepped out in faith in obedience to you. We thank you for the blessing that you've, you've given them over the years and the blessing that you've given to this work of MAF. But Father, I pray for uh, us here today. I pray for anyone who is... Um, seeking to step out for you, that you are challenging to step out, to be in the place you want them to be. No matter how crazy, no matter how many people are telling them, this is daft. Father, I pray that you will give them the strength and the boldness to step out for you today, to step out in obedience. And I pray for those who have already made that step, Lord, but perhaps haven't yet seen that blessing and perhaps are even 
to the point of having the challenge and the difficulties that are before them at the moment. Father, I pray that they will be strong, that you will give them peace and comfort now, that you will be reassuring them right now that the blessing is going to come. And I pray for those, Lord, who raise their hand to say they're willing to give up their lunchbox for you. Lord, you know what that lunchbox is. You know what it is that they are looking to give up for you. You know what it is that they need to do. Father, I pray that you will just give them boldness. Thank you for them raising their hands. Thank you for them taking that first step to acknowledge you and acknowledge what they need to give up. And I pray, Lord, now, that as they leave this place, they won't just think that was it, that actually they will take action. You will give them that boldness and strength to give up that lunchbox for Jesus. And I pray, Lord, blessing upon them in a mighty, mighty way. But Father, I thank you for those of us that are here now. I pray for your blessing upon each and every person here today on this church, Lord, and all they seek to continue to serve you in, in this area. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just remain standing. Thank you, Kevin, for that powerful encouragement to respond to God. I want to invite the worship band back up. Um, we're just going to let these last few moments, let the seeds of what Kevin has shared really germinate and take root in our hearts today. And also, if you feel you'd like someone to stand with you in prayer today about maybe what Kevin shared or there might be an issue in your life where you want healing. We're going to leave space for that in the last sort of five minutes or so of this service. So let's just, let's just continue in God's presence. Allow the seeds of what Kevin has shared to take root in your heart and begin to germinate there. Those seeds of faith. It's great to hear these stories, but we also have stories, as we've said before, that need starts. These stories need starts and they start with people. And they start with responding to what God is saying to us. So let's let those seeds of faith begin to germinate. Just as the band gently lead us, we're going to make space to minister as well. So if you've come today with a need for prayer or you want someone to stand with you and encourage you in what God's doing, just make your way forward and we'll get some folks to come alongside and pray for you. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside. <laughs>